Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to Anne Kemp about her novels. Over last week and this week, you will have heard about her journey of writing since she was a kid at writing camp, finding an agent, launching a book, getting the right publisher, her very own meet-cute, making sure to keep proper posture to avoid health problems down the road, finding your tribe, and enjoying your journey along the way. Sweet Summer Nights I friend-zoned Wyatt Hogan years ago, but this 4th of July brings fireworks. It's been a few years since I left my hometown, but somehow Lake Lorelei and my closest friend Wyatt have become even more gorgeous. He's a fireman now? That's going to come in handy with all the sparks flying between us. Wait. It's Wyatt. There are good reasons we've kept love off the table. Life has served up some big decisions, and I have enough on my plate without getting sidetracked by a trusty hunk of a man who I'd let put out my fire anytime he likes, if you know what I mean. I can't be the ridiculous girl who falls in love with her best friend, right? Sweet Summer Nights is a friends-to-lovers rom-com with laugh-out-loud moments, relatable characters, and a happily ever after you won't want to miss. Fall in love with Lake Lorelei and its residents and savor the swoony, sizzling chemistry with this closed-door romance. So where do you, um, we talked a little bit about your books, how do you come up with the ideas for your books? Like, where does that come from? inspires um, it oh let's see with the indie ones the ones that I'm writing now it's it always starts just with an idea of like well that would be funny like that is honestly <laughs> how that I was like what if I did this with that person oh that could be funny and it usually ends up <laughs> spiraling out from there uh-huh. um the current series that I'm writing in Lake Lorelei series that one began and see and that's got Freya and Wyatt are my, that's when I remember when I looked, I was like, Freya is sending me a note. My character is coming for me. <laughs> she's, she's coming. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. I needed a name. So I have another name that I narrate under that I had done like nonfiction and cleaner books. And then I landed a spicy romance. And I'm like, at the time I was contracted on like a Christian nonfiction and I'm like, maybe they're not going to like me doing spicy books too. So Freya <laughs> is the God of love in Norse mythology. So I came up with the name from that. And my sister actually came up with Victoria. Um, I like that. But yeah. So I'm like, there's a reason for, and then I always have to, when I'm picking a name, I'm like, it needs to not be a famous person or someone already narrating audiobooks because I don't want my name to get searched and their books. I had I had picked a name at one point and I had told all the authors I was working on books. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start narrating under this name now. 
And one male author comes back to me and he goes, have you narrated a ton of explicit books? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I did not do that. <laughs> so someone else, luckily, luckily, I had not actually pub, like none of them were done yet. So I do not have any under that name. Uh, but I'm like, man, so from then on, I'm like, search the name first. <laughs> Double chat. Sure, yeah. Because you just don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. That so, is So um, if you ever, and I won't, I won't say the name being used because it's, pro- it's one that I would think a few people probably use it as their, like, throwaway name. Um, but, yeah, it was just so, so funny. Are you are you the one that narrated, like, 50 explicit audiobooks? Nope. No. Nope. Not me. Not this girl. <laughs> Don't know who you're talking like, about. But thanks for <laughs> warning me. I'm going to go find a different name now. <laughs> thanks for researching that. Yeah. <laughs> so up, now friend. I'm like, got now I have like gotta search the gotta search through Audible and make sure that aud- there's no other narrators using the name. Gotta search, make sure I can own the domain for the name. Gotta like have these. Yes. Now social there's a media. Lot of checklists. Social media, there's good luck with any name in the entire world finding one that no one has. Yes. So I just usually throw narrates at the end and I'm yeah. usually safe. So <laughs> it is easiest way to do it it is it's its own world (laughs) now now pretty much everything so my other pseudonym is like pretty much just nonfiction, and then this one is um all the fiction and stuff i stick under the freya victoria name and so um that's the one that's keeping me booked these days (laughs) brilliant it's brilliant (laughs) it's it's Fun. And so uh, Freya, I went with Norse mythology. My husband is, um, his family is from Norway. So I'm like, it fits my actual legal last name, which is Norwegian. (laughs) So So it all works. It it all works. It all works together. (laughs) That I got Freya because I did, um, I, I did a contest on TikTok. Mm-hmm. from book talk and asked everybody to name the town and to give me a name because I was stumped. I was, uh, the original name was actually Harper. And mm-hmm. I had just read a, cause I, the, the series, um, you know, the Abbey series is Chicklet where the Lake Lorelei series is more sweet romantic comedy. So it's mm-hmm. definitely more on the sweeter side, closed door. And I just, I just read a book that was a sweet rom-com with the main MC was Harper. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, I don't want to do that. Must yeah, be one like of these I'm popular copying. names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so I put out a call and somebody suggested Freya. And I just remembered like it just landed just right. I'm like, I love that. That's a fun <laughs> name. So that's Book Talk helped me name Freya and also helped me name like Lorelai. Um, Lorelai is the daughter of a woman that lives in Texas and the town is named after her. Cool. <laughs> yes. So you put that out. Have you done that with other books, putting out character naming help? I've done, let's see, what did I do with The Sweet Spot? Because The Sweet Spot is one. I didn't count that in my book. It's actually my eighth book because that'll be coming out soon. It's a part of a box set right now that I did with 11 other authors. Okay. Um, And I can't remember with The Sweet Spot. I know that I did that because I do like coming with each book to book talk and going, what is, think, 
do you have a name? Only because of the fact that I love getting everyone involved and I love sitting here at night because by the time, like I'll usually put the call out in the morning. So by the time I get down, sit down on the couch at night, I have all these answers coming in Mm -hmm. and it's so much fun to see the names people come at you with. Um, Mm -hmm. For the book that I'm writing, the next one in the series, When Sparks Fly, I am writing a cat in that one. And I just did it for the cat's name that, (laughs) and that was just hilarious because seeing the names that came in for this cat, we were sitting here crying because there were a couple of them. Like, Oh my God, like these are hilarious. Like my favorite one. And this is the one that technically is the winner. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to decide because this cat might actually get another book because the name was so good. It's fleas with her spoon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just went <laughs> Like, how do they come up with this stuff? You guys are incredible. <laughs> I would never have come up with that. <laughs> so it's like, I love going because whenever, if I do a giveaway like that, when it's involving the community, um, mm-hmm. they get a thank you in the book. They get a, a, the books that are in the series as well. But, you know, the big thing is like I do a nice like thank you page for any of my book talkians that um, that chime in my um, arc team, my advanced review team. Um, mm-hmm. They came from book talk this time and they were strong and they showed up and they are amazing. And I challenge all authors. My art team is better than your art team because <laughs> they are amazing. <laughs> they are feisty and they keep coming. <laughs> so my husband just started writing a book and he actually found an app for name generation that he used. He had like a cup. So he's been like writing this book in his head since he was a kid. Um, really? So he had some of the names that he already had picked out. Um, But he's dyslexic. And so he always thought, oh, I can't write a book because I'm dyslexic. Like, it won't work. And I'm like, write your book and me and your brother will edit it. Like, his brother went to school for, like, English and all this. So I'm like, I'll be, like, the first editor. And then he can do, like, the polish it up editing. And then we'll call it a day. But I'm like, write your book. Like, yes, yes. that's, That's what, you know grammar checks are for (laughs) and now he's got where he has it read it back to him and so it'll read back to him and so like he he was listening back through it one day and he said yeah there were some words in there it read it back to me and I went that's not the word that I meant to put there (laughs) so he knew to go in and fix it that's so awesome yeah so he uses for a few of his names he already knew like the name that he wanted and then a couple of the names he random generated from this app where you I think you pick like the region and like yeah. some other things I keep trying to get him onto TikTok so I'm like you're never going to sell copies if you don't promote it somehow <laughs> so yeah. plus I'm like being dyslexic and writing a book that's a platform that people yes, will love is. so yeah. and people would love to hear that story because yeah. it, it, it's something that is different to them and it gives a whole other angle well, and I'm sure that's doing. You know, something in the social media teaching people to do that, that's part of like yep. find your thing and exactly lean into it. <laughs> like- exactly. Like if you've got, you find that little thing that you can come in with that you're bringing that fresh view on something like that, like coming in with talking about dyslexia um, and how you're writing a book. There's some, I cannot think of the book talker right now, but he just appears on my feed and we're friends. Um, and he's reading poetry. 
and he's just really enjoying reading poetry to everybody. So he'll pick a poem and reads a poem, oh, and that's how he's showing up. I don't remember his name, but I just I've come across him one time reading a poem because he was. It must have been the first one he had done because it was like I'm going to start doing this thing now. <laughs> that, you know, I think it's the same guy because yeah, he's yeah. very just like he just kind of shows up in his bedroom and he was sitting down reading and now he's discovered he's better when he stands up reading because there's mm-hmm. part of me as I'm watching it, my PR side of it, I'm like, oh, he might be a narrator <laughs> like he's because he's like starting <laughs> to discover like, oh, if I stand up, it does. I sound better. Like, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> sit in a um, I'm on a kneeling chair because it helps. It's similar to standing, but I'm in a closet with a very yeah. short roof. So I can't I'm like five, seven. I can't stand in here without hitting my head. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'm on a kneeling chair, which same thing. It keeps you sitting keeps you up. upright. Yeah. Yeah. Keep so and currently moving. in singing lessons to help with like breath control in general (laughs) very cool I love it add all these other layers into the narration job because all that's like what Broadway actors do you do all of these different things Mm -hmm. to keep I mean this is your muscle I mean that is your Mm -hmm. that's that's the money maker this (laughs) week it was This week's lesson was, what do you mean you don't warm up your voice ahead of time? We're going to learn a warm up. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? She got a message the very next day saying, oh, my God, that was amazing. My voice went so much longer. (laughs) And switching between voices, too, you know, from male to female and back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to warm. It's just like with anything, you're working out a muscle. So you have to warm that up just like as... For writers, um, we forget if you're going to sit down at that computer, if you're doing this and you want to make this a sustainable lifestyle for yourself and not just sit down and be frantic and writing all the words right. and hunched <laughs> over and feeling horrible, you need to, I, I sit down and do have arm stretches that I do for my hands and my wrists and my fingers mm-hmm. and the way that I even structure my writing sessions. Um, I do like today I'll sit down for three hours and they're all Pomodoro's. So I do the 25 minutes where I'm writing five minutes off. And in that five Mm -hmm. minutes, I'll stand up, I stretch, I do my arms and make sure my wrists and everything are getting a workout and then sit back down for 25 minutes. And I do that Mm -hmm. for three hours. Like that's how I get my writing chunks done. Um, But you have to, I remember watching another author a year, a year ago. Yeah. At a writing convention I went to, and she was talking about mechanical keyboards and getting, you know, a better chair and all these little things that I'm starting to do now, like come back Mm -hmm. and reinvest into the office space because I'm like looking at it going like you're, you would with your booth. Like if I'm going to be doing this for a while and this is what I want to do Mm -hmm. all that time I invested, you know, into my business a few years ago, I'm now investing it into the business of Anne Mm -hmm. because I want to keep this as my instrument, <laughs> you know, I want right. to make sure that like my neck and shoulders aren't aching and that I'm not hunching over. And, and, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I know like, you know, with sitting that way and doing the warm ups, um, I'm wondering like if you've noticed in doing like all these extra things for your voice and the things you're doing for your career, you almost get energy from it as you then walk away to come into your personal world, you know, you come out of work mm-hmm. and I'm not feeling as beat up as I would when I was hunched and not right. taking care of my body, I guess, because mm-hmm. we, we have to. <laughs> yes. Well, and you just, there's so many things in writing too. Um, you, 
you just don't think about, I mean, how many people have, you know, wrist issues and stuff because so many of us have office jobs of some sort that you're, you know, typing and sitting and all that and you just don't don't think about it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I also have to see a chiropractor from neck and spine Same, issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's that's a whole crazy industry by itself. I mean, when you know you've got the right one, when he can look at your x-rays and go, did you fall on your tailbone about 10 years ago? And you're like, how the heck can you tell that from a picture? <laughs> but yeah, I did twice within like yes. six months. <laughs> that is when you know you have a good doctor (laughs) yes yeah and i still i still see him because i've been this will be i'm about two years in at this point and i'm like i'm gonna keep going because i have you know still have issues um that you know it's just from working sitting down and working at a desk and the way that i sit on my couch like you don't think how all these things no you don't affect you (laughs) no it's, I just came out of a scary couple of years where it started with, which part of my body did it start with? I think it was my hand. My hand started to have, we thought it was carpal tunnel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> from the writing. And, yeah. And I was thinking just from computer work period. And I've always been one of those people that I traveled with my laptop, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pardon me, and would hunch. I'd sit on at the couch, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. I'd could get in a chair and just hunch over. And it started with my hand. And as I was doing hand therapy, they realized I had a ganglion cyst. So they removed that because that was starting to pop up. And then something happened with my nerves in my hand. Then it started to travel up my arm. And then once we got that all sorted out, my shoulder tried to lock up about a year ago. Like all of these little things started happening to the right side of my body. And then I ended up a few months ago with problems happening in my hip and my sciatic, but it all led back to, as I talked to each therapist I was working with, it was how I had been holding myself for a few years at my desk. Mm. And that was just that thing. I'm like, this is my wake up call because I'm just now, like, again, it was um, probably like right when, because in New Zealand, we locked down where the rest of the world Mm -hmm. had a lockdown, New Zealand, you know, we shut the gates. We told everybody you're not coming in. And we were actually sent to our houses and told me, go in your room. You come out when we tell you to. (laughs) So (laughs) it all stopped here. And I really Mm -hmm. had time in 2020 to kind of look and assess all of that and go, okay, I'm going to be doing this. And I want to make this a serious thing now because I, this is what I love. I'm going to start building back into it. And so that's, yeah, I yoga every other day. If I can, if I Uh can't do it, making sure I stretch always doing some type of work with my hands and my, Uh my shoulders and arms, because it's really important. Even just like sitting at the desk and making sure I roll my shoulders back (laughs) and standing up, you know, it's like, I'm paying so much more attention to that part of my life now. Uh Um, Cause yeah, that I was, I was nervous. Cause there was one point too with my hand and I was in a brace for a long time and I was still had clients that we were working with and I was, had just started writing again and it was depressing because I couldn't, I couldn't sit down and actually like my pinky hurt for, mm-hmm. for me to be typing. And it was too painful to sit down and I got scared. Cause I was like, what if, you know, I've kind of, what if I've waited too long? 
what if I like now I've hurt my hand and I'm going to have to figure some another way out, which of course, you know, there's dragon and ways that you can speak, right? speak to text. But I'll be honest, I have tried doing when I was hurting, I was trying to do the speak to text. I was not having a very good time. (laughs) (laughs) It was not going my way at all. (laughs) I have to say my, my dad who passed in November um, but prior to that, he had been blind for a few years. And so he would talk to text all of the text messages he would send us. But like 99% of them, you would read it and it was like Mad Gab, the game. I don't know if you know. <laughs> you would read it and you're like, don't pay attention to what the words are. What If you smear all this together, what is it What's the meaning? Like? <laughs> yeah. What's the meaning in here? What's I feel happening? like that's how like most talk to text things are. You're like, what? what does it mean? Like, what is it trying to say? <laughs> where is this coming from <laughs> what is the cipher <laughs> like, as far as so i when i started narrating i sat in like a kitchen chair like a wooden kitchen chair but i would lean to the side around my mic trying to read off my computer screen and so yes. then like after a couple weeks of that i go into the chiropractor and he's like what on earth did you do to your lower back again and i'm like Oh, so then I started sitting on a beanbag chair so that I had to sit up straight, but then getting up and down hurt my knees. <laughs> so so course, now we're yes. in the kneeling chair, which is a little awkward to get in and out of, but doesn't hurt any body parts. It's just awkward to get in and out of. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and this I've been in for like, like a month or so now, and I haven't had any issues. So... <laughs> So coming back to to books, so what is some advice that you would give to either someone who is thinking about writing or someone who just started writing and thinking about like how they should go about their books? Um, My first bit of advice would be find your tribe, find -hmm. your support people, find a couple of people that you really trust. I mm-hmm. have that. I think everybody needs that. You know, three or four people around you, because you know where we were talking about. You get assaulted by the info on social media, and mm-hmm. even if you join a writing group, everyone means well and wants mm-hmm. to give you the information. But I think you find it's overwhelming. A people, it really it is, and it's a lot to sift through. And especially in the beginning, I think we take everything for gospel, and we're trying to show mm-hmm. up and do everything. And you'll find if you go to do that and you're not prepared, I think people can burn out very quickly. And again, Uh like I come back to that, be sustainable. Do not do what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Do what I say, not what I do. (laughs) Very much. That's how all of my, I'm prepping a a book talk workshop that um, Allie, AK and I are going to be teaching in August. And we've just been laughing. So it's going to be a lot of, okay, do what we say to do. (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't, don't do how we yeah. do, do what yeah. you're saying. But um, definitely, I think finding your people, because if you've got three or four trusted people that you can go to and ask questions of and mm-hmm. share information with, I think that's gold because you're also, they, they'll be your people to lift you up when you need it. Um, mm-hmm. And that you'll be in turn being their cheerleader at some point. It's very give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're, the big thing I tell people is to, to look into, if you're looking into romance, find a romance writing group, whether uh-huh. it's a local chapter um, 
something within your community that you can go to where they'll have resources. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to start. Um, otherwise, there are a couple of people that I've met recently that I've just said, get on book talk and just start watching. Mm-hmm. Look on author talk. See, like put hashtags in for the genre you're writing in, see what you can find. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many good resources that it, you know, honestly, I think it depends on at this point, I'll ask somebody, you know, do you know if you want to sell wide? Do you want to go on just KU? Where, you know, how do you see your career going? Because I Mm -hmm. think depending on if they want to be indie, traditional or hybrid and what they have in mind, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the path that I always send people down. And if they don't know what they're doing, where, where to start to say, okay, start with a writing group, find a romance or a writing group close by where you can go and cull information from people Mm -hmm. and start figuring out what lands for you. Cause that's, I think too, with every writer, we each have our own journey with it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, you know, I sat down, I don't, I, 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 you know, I laugh at that girl who 10 plus years ago was writing this book and having a great time writing the book, Mm -hmm. but, you know, was writing her marketing plan on the side, like, okay, let's put this down. I cannot wait. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. I'm going to sell all the books. It's going to do all the things. Um, And then the, the reality of it comes in where it is, it's going to be amazing and you're going to sell the books and you're going to get to do all the things, but it's going to look a lot different. And I actually really like, the path that I've taken because I wouldn't be here mm-hmm. if I if I hadn't done this right. path. Um, and it's been a lot of learning, a lot of learning along the way, and seeing a lot of amazing. I mean, when I started, self publishing was just beginning, mm-hmm. so it's been really cool to watch it take over how mm-hmm. it has, and it's powerful. And that's the thing that I think I really like about it is that there's just such a um, it's empowering so empowering you know it's just I love seeing um the entrepreneurship that's coming out of book talk I mean even talking to you and knowing your story how you started not even a year ago Mm -hmm. I mean this is incredible like it's like to me this is where again like my PR and social media my entrepreneurial side gets excited for people like you and it's become like this a whole other place (laughs) on there for us to to yeah discover different parts of ourselves one too. I like watching um, a lot of same as authors. Authors will do like the live stuff or whatever. A lot of narrators will do that too while they're narrating. Yeah. So I'm like, I have a book coming up mid June, or it's actually a, a three book series coming up mid June. He's working on book four, um, and he created his own language. So like right now, all my videos are like, hey, follow me if you want to see how a narrator does this because I had I literally had to have him send me voice clips of him saying all these words he made up because he sent me the pronunciation guide that doesn't mean I can tell what it says that's so cool so I'm like that's all my TikToks right now it's like get me to a thousand so that I can do this yeah I want to show you guys this like this is months I got I got this book back in so I land I actually got book two first book one had another narrator on it so I got his publisher hired me on book two and I'm like oh my gosh there's all these words that are like clearly he made them up and so I'm like talking to the author and I'm like you know we're talking back and forth and whatever and then the book one narrator just like had 
she had health issues first and like all these other things that came up. And so I told the publisher, like, hey, if she drops out or if you decide to cancel because she's taken too long, you know, I would love to do this whole series now that I'm putting all this work into learning all these words. Yes. <laughs> So now I'm contracted on three books. He's got the fourth one in the works and they're like, we'll let you do all of them because this is clearly a monster of a series, <laughs> which I would love to be able to do live because it's you know, I've got his his voice clips cut up into like each word is a file so I can go listen to it. And like it's insane. Wow. But I mean, just being able to be on TikTok and watching and learning. I have not I'm doing the singing coaching now. I'm very much a. I understand in theory you should do coaching first. I understand how that how that is helpful. Um, I am very much a let me find out what I'm doing wrong and then go to someone to fix that person. Um, yeah, me too. So I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I have like my day job that I still do. This is something I do on the side, but I'm like, I at this point in my life, I'm like. I do this as something fun that I love to do. I feel like if I suddenly got to like working for big publishers and stuff, it would lose some of that fun. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, eh. but other than like the issues so far that people have commented on or things that a singing coach can also fix. And those are local. I don't have to find yes. one somewhere. So yes. I'm like, we'll start with that. <laughs> and go from there. So we're working on, you know, warm ups and, and things. And I probably won't go to her for very long. We're a couple weeks in at this point. But um, it's just one of those things I'm like, I'm just like the way that my mind works is find out what's going wrong and then go to someone to fix it. Because yeah. You know, you don't know what to fix. Now, if if I yeah. was trying to go full time and the same if I was trying like I intend to self-publish. Um, but if I was going to go to a publisher, I'm going to talk to authors that have gone through publishers to find out and ideally help along that process. Same if I wanted to narrate for big publishers, I'm going to find someone that knows how to go about getting hired in that process. Yes. <laughs> like, exactly. You find I'm, the person that can help you yeah. with the map instead of trying to draw the map yourself. <laughs> you <laughs> so, just don't. don't so it's, a, it's the same that you're saying for, for books. Find, find the people that can help you along the way. Ideally, the people yes. that's advice makes sense to you. Yes. Okay. And I feel like too, like face, honestly, Facebook groups, I will say are a great place for that. Cause we're with TikTok, we get really good snippets of information. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel like if you want to dive in a little deeper and take the conversation a little bit, you know, extend the conversation out mm -hmm. and engage a little more, go find Facebook groups. And there are so many, um, you know, I mentioned that wide for the win, Elena Johnson, um, has one as well. Alessandra Torre has the Alessandra Torre inkers and all of these are pages you can go on and, you know, you'll be able to search and find information from mm -hmm. how to load your book, you know, to marketing questions, to covers, you can find groups on Facebook for this now and find people that are specifically in your niche Mm -hmm. genre as well. So you're able, and that's why I was so 
pleased to find I was already in a chiclet group, but then when I found sweet rom-com writers had a Facebook group that I was able, I'm able to chime in on and find other rom-com authors too. So we can kind of help lift and support each other. It's really cool because that's also something like I love being able to support other authors. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to be able to find like minds that, you know, we've recognized that we're a community and we've got to all just keep lifting each other up left and right because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it's about. (laughs) Well, it is even, I mean, TikTok is such a supportive. Now there's the few, the few outliers that like to, you know, kick the wasp's nest and stir up trouble but for the most part everybody from the readers to the authors to the narrators to anyone that has anything to do with books is just a very very supportive community i keep (laughs) the recent thing i keep seeing there's one i don't remember her name um person that keeps talking about if you want to find the readers on tiktok you need to do this and i'm like and I saw someone else commented on her video saying, so authors don't read now? Like, yeah, like <laughs> That's always been like, my, like, I'm like, like somebody said to me, like, you're, it was in social media, it was before TikTok, but they were talking about, but if I post that, you know, it's going out to authors. And I'm like, okay, I read. They're like, yeah. what? I'm like, I'm like, I'm an author and I read books. I buy books. <laughs> I go to the library for my books. I download my books. I read and I'm an author. Hi. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, like we're awesome. I'm like, it's, it's your, it's amazing. Like we forget. I mean, how like, many authors, probably none, n- any authors that don't read anything. Cause I mean, if you're not reading stuff in your genre and you're not reading, like, you don't, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you, you doing? if you've never read a fantasy book and you're trying to write a fantasy, you don't know anything about what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Like, and you can like, it's that you've got to be reading in your genre. Like that's, I was, um, cause I write across several genres mm-hmm. and POVs. And sometimes I'm writing two different genres and two different POVs, which I'm finally starting to scale back that schedule because the, <laughs> thank God. Um, <laughs> Usually I'm revising in third person while I'm writing in first. And right now I'm revising in third person and I put the first person stuff off until the revisions are done. So I'm like, that is just mind melting for me. And it really breaks me when I do that. (laughs) And I end up with migraines and like not able to come up for air for weeks. So I'm like, oh God, what has happened? But, um, but yeah, when you've got that, like, I know for me, if I'm writing in third person right now, I won't pick up anything I've learned. If I'm reading, I'm going to read in the same or similar genre, and mm-hmm. I'm going to stay reading in that same POV because otherwise mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just messes with my vibe. It just, I start yeah. to hear things in my head differently and we have to be reading. I mean, even I'm constantly reading something. I've got my Kindle, I've got my phone, I've got books, I've got my computer. Mm-hmm. And if you're not reading your genre in the books, make sure you are reading about the genre. Make sure you are reading, you know, always be educating yourselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if people say when they say that they're not reading, like, how are you writing then? <laughs> yeah, how are you writing? Like, how do you know what's happening? in your genre like like yeah. how do you know like what the, the the trends are and what's going on I don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, well, and the same like with audiobooks. Like I listen to other female audiobook narrators to get like my, my recent thing. Um, so I, when I started narrating, for some reason, I would stop recording, take a deep deep breath, record a sentence, stop recording, take a deep breath. Like my breaths didn't get recorded. Yes. And then I'm like reading like, you know, proper narration protocol or I came across it in an, a narrator's Facebook group or something. And they were talking about like how you're supposed to leave the breaths in because like in person, as you talk, you breathe. And so like as oh, someone yeah. listening to it, they're not going to understand why it's weirding them out. Like they're not going to know what's wrong with the book, but it'll be the fact that like there's no breaths and it just sounds kind of unnatural. And so, like, my thing yeah, now, I'm listening to audiobooks with the specific purpose of how do they do their breaths in the audiobook? <laughs> there, yeah. I mean, there is, I feel like, because you're going in because you want to hear something and you're educating yourself. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. it's market research. It's our due diligence yeah. that we have to do. It's like, you know, every week I sit down and I look at covers. I look at blurbs. I look at... um you know, if this person's writing first person POV, is their description in third person or first person? And these are mm -hmm. all things that are so ridiculous to the normal person, mm -hmm. but they're part of our business. Job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to know about these things so that we can understand. And, you know, that's where for me, I know when I stepped away, even just for that little bit of time, when my life kind of got topsy turvy. Mm -hmm. When I went to come back into self-publishing a year ago, which was basically when I came back and started self like really doing it, mm -hmm. so much had changed. Like I had put right. out two novellas during that time, but I hadn't really, like, I was just kind of slapping them up and not doing mm -hmm. anything. Right. And when I came back with like Lorelai and I was redoing my covers and my blurbs and just getting my head back in the game things had changed. They had mm -hmm. changed because things move swiftly in self-publishing yes. and in social media and in marketing and with the way that we do things. Um, for instance, like when Rum Punch Regrets came out for it being chiclet, illustrated covers were still being like, you know, still had love in them, mm -hmm. but not so much. Like I can definitely say within a year or two, illustrated covers, people were rolling their eyes at 2013 ish, 2014. Mm -hmm. Now you come back a couple of years later and it's the trends come back around again, which is right. really exciting for me because that's, I'm able to work across my own book covers and I enjoy, cause I love the good, the illustrated ones. Cause they also scream, you know, rom-com, they scream right. chiclet when they're done a certain way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot has changed in 10 years. But a lot comes like it circles back too in a weird yeah. way. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we are we are about done. We got a you've had quite the so you've been writing for about 10 years and you've had quite the ch amount of changes. I mean, 10 years is quite a bit. So what are your your upcoming plans for I know you said you're kind of scaling back a little bit, but what are your upcoming book plans in the near future? Um, well, I do scaling back. It's such a funny word for me because it's like scaling back is, um, <laughs> I mean, you could be going from 10 books a year to eight books a year. That's still scaling back. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I still will be putting, I mean, cause I'm just, I'm in, you know, it's that thing of, um, the old saying of make, 
okay while the sun's shining. And that's kind of, I'm in a mm-hmm. place where I feel the energy to put it out there. So I'm mm-hmm. just trying to write. I mean, honestly, I just keep saying like, I'm going to write my butt off. I'm just writing my butt off. Um, but I do have, once this revision is in, I have two or three books that I'm trying to get done before the end of the year. One will be a Christmas novella for the Abbey series. Um, Lake Lorelei still has two books that I'm aiming to try to get out before the end of the year. At least one will happen, if mm-hmm. not both. Um, and the Abby George series, we're trying, I want to finish that one as well. Her last book will be coming out next year. So I have several books in the works um, to come out starting as soon as August, September of this year, they'll start trickling out. Okay. Um, I have to ask as a narrator, any plans for audiobooks in the near future? (laughs) There will be. Yes. I've actually, I've put a little note on my calendar. I think about November is when we're going to sit down to look at the narration and audiobooks. I was like, okay, let's put that one down so we can start talking about it at the holidays. Cause I plan this year on taking off, um, think I've, I've done my schedule. So about mid-December I'll be able to stop and I'm actually mm-hmm. going to try to take like six weeks off at that time and at least try to just have fun and have a vacation. Right. <laughs> we'll, yeah, I we'll do. <laughs> I typically take like Christmas week and that next week, well, typically last year while I was narrating, I took like the two weeks around Christmas off, but then I took longer off cause I got COVID and I, couldn't talk oh, right. So, yes. <laughs> this year I'm like, uh, cause I'm a little more popular than I was last year. <laughs> so I'm like, I have books scheduled until like uh I'm like fully booked until like September. But then I have like a couple series where like we're staggering like every other month we're releasing the next book or whatever. So I'm like, I have books on the schedule through like May of next year, but it's not all, like totally booked all the way through there. So, um, oh my gosh. That but yes, I, I do the same. Like, I have a podcasting conference in August. That's a week long thing. So like I've given myself that whole week off because oh, I'll be so in a hotel cool. room and I can't be doing an audiobook in a hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, you cannot. <laughs> and now I don't know what podcast because I registered under one podcast name and now I have this podcast and I'm like, I don't know. My name talk's going to be like this name forward slash this name because. Big question mark. I'm like, I don't know who I am today. <laughs> well, then n- neither of them are my legal name. So I'm like, I registered under not my legal name. And then I like asked them, I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> they're like, just bring your email confirmation because your ID will be your legal name. <laughs> so- oh my God. Like as long as you guys can figure it out, it's me. I just don't know which yeah. me you're getting. Yeah, you're 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 getting me, and they're all like basically alternate. So like there's like the me me, and then there's the like nicer like the the public domain book nice podcast, and the like nonfiction books, and then there's like the dirty spicy romance book me. <laughs> So yeah, every got a, it's a pin name. Different. You've got your own pin names for everything. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, and I'm when I when I publish, I'm like I fully intend to publish under the Freya Victoria name. I've worked on um, my signature for that um, to like make sure that you know it's ready for when people want me to sign books. They're not going to know <laughs> who my actual name is. So. <laughs> Like who is this? I don't know. Who is this person that signed my book? Like 
you got a collector's edition, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. So have a good rest of your day and enjoy thank the time you. with your family. And we're thank, uh, you. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Bria. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Anne's favorite story getting older was Snow White. Snow White is a 19th century German fairy tale that is today known widely across the Western world. The Brothers Grimm published it in 1812 in the first edition of their collection, Grimm's Fairy Tales, and numbered as Tale 53. The original German title was Sneewitchen, a low German form, but the first version gave the high German translation Sneewiken, and the tale has become known in German by the mixed form Sneewitchen. The Grimm's completed their final revision of the story in 1854. The tale features such elements as the magic mirror, the poisoned apple, the glass coffin, and the characters of the evil queen and the seven dwarfs. The seven dwarfs were first given individual names in the 1912 Broadway play Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and then given different names in Walt Disney's 1937 film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The Grimm story, which is commonly referred to as Snow White, should not be confused with the story of Snow White and Rose Red, another fairy tale collected by the brothers Grimm. In the Arne Thompson folklore classification, tales of this kind are grouped together as Type 709, Snow White. Others of this kind include Bella Venezia, Myrcinia, Novri Hedig, Gold Tree and Silver Tree, The Young Slave, and La Petite Toute Belle. Today we'll be reading Bella Venezia by Italo Calvino. Don't forget, we are also continuing the original story of Beauty and the Beast on our Patreon. Bella Venezia A mother and a daughter kept an elegant inn where kings and princes passing through town would stop. The innkeeper's name was Bella Venezia, and while travelers sat at the table, she would strike up a conversation. What town do you come from? From Milan. Do you ever see any women in Milan lovelier than I am? No, I've never seen a soul lovelier than you. When it came time to settle the accounts, Bella Venezia would say, Normally that would be ten crowns, but you need to give me only five. For she charged anyone only half price when he told her he'd never seen a lovelier woman than herself. Where are you from? Turin. And is there anyone in Turin lovelier than I am? No, a woman lovelier than you I have never seen. Then at reckoning time, Bella Venezia said, Normally I charge six crowns, but you need give me only three. One day the innkeeper was asking a traveler the usual question, And did you ever see a lovelier woman than myself? When her daughter went through the room and the traveler replied, Indeed I have. Who? Your daughter. This time in making up the bill, Bella Venezia said, it's normally eight crowns, but I'm asking you for sixteen. That evening, the mistress called in the kitchen boy. Go to the seashore, build a hut with just one tiny little window, and close up my daughter in it. Thus, Bella Venezia's daughter was imprisoned day and night in that hut by the sea. She heard the breaking of the waves, but was able to see no one other than the kitchen boy who came to her daily with bread and water. But in spite of being shut up there, the maiden grew lovelier by the day. A stranger riding along the beach on horseback saw that hut all boarded up and drew closer. 
He peeped through the tiny window and made out in the dimness the most beautiful maidenly face he had ever laid eyes on. A bit frightened, he spurred his horse and galloped off. That night he stopped at Bella Venezia's inn. "'What town are you from?' asked the innkeeper. "'Rome. Did you ever see anyone lovelier than myself?' "'I certainly have,' replied the stranger. "'Where?' "'Closed up in a hut by the sea.' Here's your bill. It's only ten crowns, but I want thirty from you. In the evening, Bella Venezia asked the kitchen boy, Listen, would you like to marry me? The kitchen boy couldn't believe his ears. If you want to marry me, continued Bella Venezia, you must take my daughter into the woods and kill her. Bring me back her eyes and a bottle of her blood and I'll marry you. The kitchen boy was eager to marry the mistress, but he didn't have the heart to kill her daughter, who was all beauty and goodness. So he took the girl to the woods and left her. To get eyes and blood to carry back to Bella Venezia, he killed a lamb, which is innocent blood, and the mistress married him. Alone in the woods, the girl screamed and cried, but no one heard her. Toward nightfall, she spied a light in the distance. Drawing near, she heard many people talking and, frightened to death, hid behind a tree. It was a rocky, desolate place, and twelve robbers had come to a halt before a white boulder. One of them said, "'Open up, desert!' and the boulder swung outward like a door. The inside was all lit up like a large palace. The twelve robbers went in, and the last one said, "'Close up, desert!' and the boulder swung too. The girl hidden behind the tree bided her time. In a little while, the voice inside said, "'Open up, desert!' The door opened and out filed the twelve robbers, the twelfth ordering, close up, desert. Once the robbers were out of sight, the girl went to the white boulder and said, open up, desert, and the door swung open for her. She stepped into the lighted interior and commanded, close up, desert. Inside was a table laid for twelve with twelve plates, twelve loaves of bread, and twelve bottles of wine. In the kitchen, twelve chickens were on a spit ready to roast. The girl tidied up the place, made the twelve beds, and roasted the twelve chickens. Hungry by then, she ate a wing from every chicken, took a bite of every loaf of bread, and a sip of wine from every bottle. When she heard the robbers coming back, she hid under a bed. The twelve bandits didn't know what to think when they saw the house so tidy, the beds made, and the chickens roasted. Then they noticed a wing missing from every chicken, a bite from every loaf, and a sip from every bottle, and said, "'Somebody must have come in here.' Tomorrow it was agreed one of them would remain behind to stand guard. The smallest of the robbers stayed." but he went outside to watch while the girl meanwhile came out from under the bed, put everything in order, ate the twelve chicken wings, the twelve chunks of bread, and drank the twelve swallows of wine. "'You're good for nothing,' said the ringleader when he returned and saw that the house had been visited again. He assigned someone else to stand guard the next day, but this man also remained outside while the girl was indoors. So for eleven days straight, every robber tried keeping watch but failed to discover the girl and was bawled out by all the others for being so stupid.' On the twelfth day, the chief decided to stand guard. Instead of watching outside, he remained inside and thus saw the girl come out from under the bed. Grabbing her by the arm, he said, Don't be afraid. Now that you are here, you can stay and we will treat you as our little sister. 
So the girl remained with the robbers, keeping house for them, and every evening they brought her jewels, gold pieces, rings, and earrings. The youngest robber delighted in dressing up as a grand nobleman to commit his robberies, and he would stop at the best inns. He thus went to Bella Venezia's one evening for dinner. "'Where do you come from?' asked the innkeeper. "'From the heart of the forest. Have you ever seen any woman lovelier than myself?' "'I certainly have,' replied the robber. "'Who is she?' "'A girl we have with us.' So Bella Venezia knew her daughter was still alive. Every day an old woman would come to the inn asking for alms, and this woman was a witch. Bella Venezia promised one half of her fortune to the witch if she could track down and kill that daughter. One day while the robbers were out, the girl was standing at the window singing— when an old woman came by and said, "'Broaches for sale! Broaches for sale! Lovely maiden, may I come in? I'll show you a pin that's a real gem for your hair!' The maiden invited her in, and the old woman, going through the motion of showing her how nice a pin would look in her hair, thrust it into her scalp. The girl died. When the robbers came home and found her dead, they all burst into tears tough as they were. They chose a tall tree with the hollow trunk and buried her inside it. Now the king's son was out hunting. He heard the dogs barking and, moving closer, saw them all scratching on the trunk of a tree. The king's son looked inside and found a very beautiful maiden who was dead. If you are alive, I would marry you, he said. Even though you are dead, I can't tear myself away from you. He sounded his hunting horn, assembled his hunters, and had her taken to the royal palace. Without his mother the queen's knowledge, he had the beautiful maiden put in one of the rooms and would stay there the whole day admiring her. Suspicious, the mother burst into the room. So that's why you didn't want to come out. But she's dead. How could you possibly be interested in her? Dead or not, I can't live apart from her. You can at least have her hair fixed, said the queen and sent for the royal hairdresser. He came and combing her hair broke his comb. He picked up another comb and broke that one too. Thus, one right after the other, he broke seven combs. What on earth does this girl have in her head? asked the royal hairdresser. I shall take a look. And he touched the head of a pin. He pulled ever so gently, and as the pin came out, the maiden regained her color, opened her eyes, drew her breath, and said, Oh, and stood up. The wedding was celebrated. Tables were also set up in the streets. Whoever wanted to eat, ate. Whoever didn't want to, didn't. Oh, Lord, a hen for every sinner, and for me, sinner of sinners, a hen and several roosters. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week to hear Allie's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.